0: My name is Pierre Walters, and I want to welcome you to the Build Your Difference podcast, an energizing and inspiring series about living your entrepreneurial life to the fullest. Welcome to the Build Your Difference podcast. Just recently, Apple announced the Apple Vision Pro, which is set to introduce spatial computing to the masses as early as 2024. On this episode, I speak with marketing expert, consultant, and brand strategist, Sine Lewis, about what Apple did well, what they didn't do so well, and what we can learn from their approach. Listen in. We're both marketers. We're both people and I, th- I know that that
1: uh, you know you work with a variety of clients now. But do you ever find yourself when when there's like big announcements happening in the in the public sphere? Do you ever find yourself just like paying attention to how those announcements take place, and then you know wondering if you might do things a little bit differently?
2: Yes, definitely. I think that's one of the, the things that's most fascinating is how companies market their products as well as like, you know, especially with the, the big rollouts and how people mm-hmm. interact with them. You know, some companies do it, you know, one way versus, versus another. And it's like Apple has, Apple is constantly like just defining new trends, you know, it's. Yeah. Very yeah.
1: yeah and. And, and, okay, so just in terms of, you know, a, a recap on just what I can remember, as far as, you know, just the, the major new trends that Apple launched. First, we had, um, obviously, we had the computer itself, just the sort of modern idea of what a computer is with a graphical user interface and all that. And then, I think it was in 2007, they, they launched the ISO, right? I think it was 2007. And yep. yeah, the iPhone. And, and so before that, I mean, every you know, all the phones were you know, slider flip phones or Blackberries, and most phones had keyboards on them. And if you had a phone that was really just a you know, seventy percent screen, thirty uh, percent keyboard, even that kind of device had a stylus to go with it. And so okay. Apple comes out with the iPhone, and they say, oh no 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 no, you don't need a stylus. You just need your finger. And it literally takes the the world storage. Did you did you get the iPhone when it first came out?
2: I did not actually. I was okay. definitely Android, but I followed the I followed the trends of Apple um, for a very long time. And I was like, oh my god, people are just so stuck on this Apple. What well, is this Apple cult? And then I joined the cult, and I understood. Okay, this makes sense. You know.
1: You join the cult. I mean look, even even that language of like cult, I mean that is how most of us see Apple. And it's so weird because I'm wondering I think I'm about to take a little bit of a tangent here, but I I'm wondering statistically if more than half of mobile devices in the United States are iPhones. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would wager that it's got to be 50% or more, you know, when compared to Android. Well, I mean, see, what do you think? I mean, I got to figure what, so what do you think?
2: I mean, I would agree. I feel like so everyone, you know, it's literally to the point where, you know, it's like the blue versus the yellow, the, the blue versus the green bubbles, right? So it's like mm-hmm. Android, versus, which, which is crazy because Android is not one phone. It's a multitude right. of phones. We like right. somebody else versus Apple.
1: Period. Okay. So, so check this out, right? I just looked this up. I, I looked up the statistic and I see, I see that as of 2022, 48.7% of smartphones used in the United States are iPhones.
2: It makes sense. 48.7%. Yeah. That's.
1: And so to your point, Android devices are are not a single device. There are a multitude of different manufacturers, but the the only thing they have in common is the operating system, whereas iPhone is the actual device. Exactly. So what blows my mind about this is that we we use this terminology, we use the cult terminology to describe Apple. But in reality, I wonder, Apple's the majority. Is it still it's a cult? Call? You know, is it still a cult? I mean, no, no. no, I think I that is it a religion.
2: <laughs> They've, but that's been their brand from you know when they officially switched over to we want to integrate into your life, right? Where right. we're not just we're, we're not selling the tech so much; we're selling that to make your life easier. You know, and actually, just answering the public's you know the public's need for convenience. Mm -hmm. You know, when Apple first came out, they were selling the computer, and it was like, oh, we have this computer that can do all the things. You know, it's the processor and the memory and yada yada yada. But people weren't really interested in that. But when they switched it to, this computer will change your life. This computer will make your life simpler. This computer will you know, simplify things for you. It clicked. Mm-hmm. And so that, that trend of making things simpler, you know, it goes from now into the phone, into the, the watch, into the earbuds, right. And now into this smart right. headset, like it's just yeah. very consistent.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and it's, it's just, okay. So Okay, so we got the mobile phone in 2007, and then after that, we've got the um, the. Well, I guess I guess the iPad would be the next sort of major
3: mm-hmm.
1: like product, you know, innovation. Um, and I guess that was maybe in maybe 2010 maybe, uh, maybe or 11, a couple of years after the iPhone. Um, yeah, and. and Now we've got, as you said, this, this Apple Vision Pro and like, and most of us are looking at this and we're thinking, okay, this is, this is a VR headset or this is an AR headset, but Apple, and I thought this was very interesting in their announcement, they were, it seemed to me that they were very careful not to use the term AR or VR to describe the headset. Instead they used a, a term that I had not heard before and that is spatial computing. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they, in they, I case this is a branding thing, but it's almost like they attempted to redefine this, this category and say, you know, okay, so we've got, we've got desktop computing, we've got mobile computing, and now we have spatial computing. And that is a, that is a paradigm shift that, first of all, I think only Apple can get away with, but also that's a paradigm shift that I think that we actually really need in order to effectively embrace this kind of technology. Because if they launched this thing, as just an AR headset, <clears throat> augmented reality, or, or VR headset, virtual reality, I, you know, my mind would have just went to, okay, video, games, you know, or you know, whenever Mark right. Zuckerberg is doing over there, Facebook. Okay. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's not just that they launched this product, but they've launched this new term. Well, it's new for me, spatial computing. And I'm going to say that when I was looking really, you know, sort of analyzing this announcement, it struck me how, it struck me how, I wasn't, okay, they, I'm. Just, how can I say this? I wasn't really wowed by by what I could, by what one could do within the headset.
2: Yeah. Because
1: it seemed to me to literally just be a like literally a computer, but you're just wearing it. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and that kind of blew my mind. I was actually blown away by how unimpressed or maybe I should say underwhelmed um, I was with, what can actually be done. But at the same time, I was extremely impressed with the technology and the sort of implications for where this could go, you know, once the form factor gets smaller and et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, you know, I'm looking at this from all sorts of perspectives like as a consumer, as a brander, as a marketer. Um, and it's, it's, you know, we only get moments like this once, these are like milestone moments that we get in our lifetime where literally a new form of technology is becoming in, embraced. I mean, we witnessed it with cell phones. You know, you and I are of a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, sure. I say that When you, you and I are of a certain age, we, we remember when there were landlines we remember the first flip phones. We were, you know, and then suddenly, suddenly a phone in your pocket is not just a phone anymore, now it's a computer. We, we remember that transition, that was a milestone. Mm-hmm. And now we are coming into this new milestone where, you know, I wonder 20, 30 years from now, hopefully, you know, we're still alive to, to recognize and to, and to observe. But I wonder, you know, oh, my God, what, where is spatial computing going to take us? This is just crazy. OK, so that's my that's thoughts on this. Well, tell me as a marketer and as a brander, you know, what, what, what did you think Apple did well and what did you think? They didn't do so well with this particular announcement.
2: I think that what they did well is that when they kept it on brand, you know, it's like, and what they, what just, when they announced it, like you said, I definitely was not like overwhelmed in in terms of what they were offering. But what I found interesting was like how they emphasized saying, um, you get to, you get your computer in front of your face, and uh, but they uh, the apps and the sizes are up to you, right? Which is something mm-hmm. that they're limited. So essentially, they're offering no limits in front of your face, right? Which mm-hmm. are from a computer standpoint, from an iPad standpoint, point from the phone standpoint, we are limited by the screen size. So what they're saying, yeah. is that, and that has been something that may have been a pain point for people, but now it's like, oh, that's gone away. You are only limited by what's in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, that, that verbiage that they use was very clever. I think that what maybe could have been better is... I'm not sure actually. I think for me, what mm-hmm. I noticed was like the, I noticed the price point. Right and
3: <laughs>
2: the point was, like it's like, okay, well, we know that this is going to be it's not necessarily an entry level price point, right mm-hmm. to be able to, to to commit to spending three thousand something on yeah. a new computer, essentially it's it's a lot, you know, and of yeah. course a lot relative to different people, but if you're looking at who you're you know they've been marketing more m- more affordable items the last 3 years right a cheaper iphone a more affordable computer but now we're saying okay less you have that but this is may not be for you it's for another another audience who can afford this so it's like it's not really opening into all populations it's just a very one who who may have the money to do so and also yeah. to be able to like do it, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I did think it was interesting that they that the uh, the product that they revealed was the pro version of the product. Yeah. And not like like not just the Apple Vision within then an Apple Vision Pro variant. It was just the pro version. And I thought that was interesting. I mean, the implication I imagine is that. You know there will be a light version or a more consumer friendly version um, that might drop. You know by another, by grand and be twenty five hundred instead of thirty five hundred. Yeah, but um, I think that that's. I just thought that was an interesting, like an interesting choice that they that they made, and I I don't know. I think that the the whole thing is just. I, I think what what okay. I'm going to tell you that I think that, that what they didn't do so well. Okay, I think what they didn't do so well was share with us how spatial computing can work in our lives um, beyond the scope of our own home. Or, I mean, I know that in, in their in their video, they definitely showed you know someone I guess in, a, in sort of office or something, but. I mean, think about like almost everywhere they showed people using a product, it seemed like they were, they were in a very, very space, spacious environment. And, and so like, you know, they didn't show anybody in like a typical cubicle, you know, at a typical office space or they didn't show, you know, someone who lives in a, you know, you know, regular house or regular apartment. It has like a you know a one bedroom uh, office or something. Like it just seemed like th- there were there were certain use case scenarios that weren't clearly exemplified. You know, yeah. does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think what they really didn't answer is like mm-hmm. why why we need this. You know, yeah. you know it's why like we why we need this. Because, like you said, it's like okay, I can use it in a large space, but what about my home, or what is this really going to do for me um, outside of my computer? You know, um, and that and that's a. I've always personally been able to justify every purchase I've made with Apple. Like, I need this iPad because it helps me with my with my projects. I need my phone because I'm able to connect. Right, I need my watch because I need something that is um that you know tracks my workouts and also connects to my phone connects to my computer. Like, but now we have another, another item that they're offering us. And it's like, okay, what really will this serve for me outside yeah. of just another gadget that's that's cool?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. You know what? What about in your practice? when you're when you're working with clients mm-hmm. do you find yourself in situations where you're working with a client who is either coming out with a new product or it's <laughs> announcing their business for the first time mm-hmm. and 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 they need to implement some of these lessons that, that you know here we are criticizing apple like literally you know maybe second to amazon is the most I don't know, maybe even greater than him. I don't know, but more it, it, like fucking richest companies on the earth, um, <laughs> you know, but like even they, even, even they are open to criticism when it comes to a product launch. Do so you find it when you're, when you're working with a client and you're helping them bring something to market that these kinds of pitfalls in terms of use case scenarios and, uh, and really making the case these are areas that uh, that that they struggle with and, and that you and that you you know have to help with solutions
2: yes I think for most for most clients that I've experienced with it's for them it's the lack of clarity in what they're actually yeah. wanting to to offer right they have this great product and or they have this great service but it's not knowing exactly who the audience is, right? Which means that if they don't know who the audience is, they can't actually connect the the brand or the story in marketing, right? Okay. So it definitely makes it definitely makes it harder. <laughs> so we spend a lot of time, right. the time on that before we even start the design phase or whatever the next steps. Um, and like I said before, one thing that Apple does really well is that it's very clear. What they're offering and why they're offering it. You know, it's simple. Mm-hmm. To the point: We're going to help you um, simplify your life. Back to like the minimalist, right? Um, mm-hmm. the clients, you know, it's the excitement over having this brand new, this new offering to get out to the world. And maybe it's worked for like their friends or their close circle. But when we're talking about taking it to the market, it's a whole different type of, or even name even taking it to market, taking it to a different audience. Mm-hmm. Right. But now it's like, okay, now, now we need to elevate our language or change the language or even change the, the, the brand itself or elevate the brand.
1: That's true. Yeah. That, yeah. That is such a good point. And it's, it's so, it's so wild to me, like the amount of thought and the amount of care that needs to go into. Um, just understanding who your customer actually is before you even, you know, start putting together your marketing language. And to that end, I, I'll just use my my own business as an example. Oh my God, you know, I've been in business since two thousand seven with my uh, my um, company, Blue Artists, that started as a video production company that became a creative agency, and then only just recently. Did we launched BrandDesk, and that was in 2020 during the pandemic? And I, I'm going to say that I, do, you know, you know, humble, humble brag, but I do consider myself an expert in in marketing and in branding. And even me, it took me, I, I would say almost the difference between t- 2007 and 2020. So what is that? Close to 20 years. That's like what 15 years? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, fifteen years, twelve four years, fourteen years, thirteen. Yeah, so thirteen years. years. Thank you. Okay, so it took me thirteen years to figure out who my customer was. Thirteen um, years, thirteen years, and, thirteen. and it's it's the wild. It's just it, it blows my mind when I look at some of the some of the decisions that I was making in terms of marketing, in terms of how I presented my business. Oh. Um, you know, back in 2007, then again, you know, you know in 2010, then Jeff, you know, how I was doing things in 2012, and then how, how I'm doing things now. And it, it's only recently with Brand Desk that I even identified, and I feel a little, you know, judge me. Go ahead, judge me. All of you people listening, go, go ahead. I accept it. No, don't judge me. No, but go ahead and judge me. <laughs> But I only just now discovered that visionaries, visionaries was my audience, and I was using all sorts of other words. But it was when I started using the word visionaries to describe my customer that I started to see in just an, a, a, an, a, a, a um, I, I, I can't even give you a percentage increase. It was just a, a ginormous. Percentage increase, maybe maybe two hundred percent, three hundred percent increase of customers coming to to my business because they identified themselves as visionaries. I mean, and like in two thousand seven, I was using terms like um, like let us tell your story, and and the implication there was that my business is for everyone to tell their story, and like did everybody come to me to tell their story no (laughs) no they did (laughs) and so like it's just it i think in 2012 i think around that time i launched something called new artist plus which was a my first stab at like a membership style um program and I think that the um, verbiage we used at that time to describe our customers was specifically we use I think the term entrepreneurs to describe yes. our customer base, and and I mean do we get customers? Of course, yeah, we got we got customers. Sure, we got customers who identify themselves as entrepreneurs. But the thing about the, the, the issue with using the term entrepreneurs is that. That is really a job title. I mean, that's kind of like saying that's kind of like saying, um, "Yeah, my business is for doctors," or "Yeah, my business is for academics." Like that's still it's still not a mindset. It's not it's not really a profile. But but when I started using the term, and I should say we, because this is definitely not just a one man operation. But when we started using the term visionaries in twenty twenty. That was subjective enough that people could really see themselves in that. And, and really, the, the cave, because I, I would get people who would, who would write me and they would say, I am a visionary. I need your help. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking, that's wild because I don't remember ever anybody ever writing me saying, Pierre, I'm an entrepreneur. I need your help. No, no, no. They would say, Pierre, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am just launched this business or Pierre, I, I just wrote this book or Pierre, I, um, I just, you know, whatever it is that they did, and that they, need help, they wouldn't, no one would say, hi, I'm an entrepreneur. I need your help. And certainly yeah. in 2007, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say I have a story. I need you to help me tell it. So yep. anyway, just it blows my mind how important that is and how long it can take to really identify that, that ideal, um cut through our profile. So it's just so it's so invigorating to hear you say that that's what you start with. But I think um, what was your challenge with that?
2: I was actually in the same boat as you. Um, I think okay. that <laughs> I think that there are some services. And we are a service-based business, right? And marketing mm. branding is one of the things where if you know how to do it well, you can do it for anyone, right? But just because you can do it for anyone doesn't mean, you know, we don't niche down. And I feel like, just like you said, it takes time to really discover who the people that you're working with, you know, what really lights you up, what, mm-hmm. what is really attracting the customers to you and who those customers are. Are Because I also started with, okay, I just, I help everybody, <laughs> You know, um, and over the years, it's like, oh wait, everybody is great, but some, some, some of the people just don't work with me, so I need to be a little <laughs> bit more specific. And so, it's yeah. a little bit more specific versus someone who who has a product or has, or so for example, I have a a new client I'm working with who is, she's creating a a book for nurses, right? That's a very specific specific audience title, right? A book for nurse nurses. Even if you're those who I've done like children's books with, it's children's books. But a marketer, as a marketer, I have I've, I've done have I've uh, work with companies on a larger government scale. And I've also worked in mom and pop shops, you know? Um, and so it's taken me the real time to like, okay, these are the people that I, I actually want to work with because I can thrive and they can thrive with me. And there's... I feel like there's, it's just, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just understanding and helping your client understand that it's just takes the, let's, let's discover it together, you know? Right. Um, but if we, but yeah, just to discover together. But I think also knowing exactly, because before you can identify your audience is identifying what you do, right? Okay. You as a marketer, as a service, you as like, who are you? who are you? Like who am I? What am I offering? Why am I offering this? You know, so mm-hmm. if I say that i'm I am a a marketer working with newer newer companies, then me, someone who has been established for you know twenty years, is not going to be in that newer company uh, category. Mm-hmm. Right, and so once I've identified, once I've identified who I'm working with, or not who I'm working with, what I'm doing, then it then it makes it a little bit easier. And I feel like in the beginning, when I first started, I think my what I did, I think I was doing graphic design, photography, and painting. That's my that was like my like my three three things. Painting, you know, so it's like
1: took me because
2: those <laughs> that, just, that took me a little exactly really wow yeah so my my first my my first medium of art um creativity was through painting so painting i have painted for years all of it and when i discovered initially when i discovered graphic design it's like oh it's painting on the computer i quickly learned that was not the case but you know um (laughs) quickly learned. But, you know, painting was always like my first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So w- when when you, it's just, I'm, in my mind, I'm trying, I'm like trying to wrap my head around like how you offered that to customers when you first started. Like, w- w- was it like commissions? Like we, like, you hey, commissioned me to, to paint this mural or commission me to, to paint, you know, your, Portrait or something. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, but how did you? How was that something that you? How was that a service that you provided?
2: Um, it was more so commissioning to paint something for you or Uh-oh. sell a print. I think at the time I was selling prints.
1: Oh, okay. So like original artworks that you had created you were sort of selling as products. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I, I just needed to wrap my. I just needed to bring my mind. To that, okay, got it. That makes complete sense. I okay, okay, got it, got it. Okay, so yeah, so that's so when you first started, that's that was those three things: graphic design, painting, and then what was the third thing?
2: Photography.
1: Photography, photography. Okay, and then how has that evolved?
2: Well, I don't do well. I still paint personally. That's my my per, my personal passion and photography is something personal but i went from graphic design to just graphics like you know so graphics digital and print right so whether it's um of a, a flyer or whether it is a website that was what i was doing and then from there that's that evolved to saying more um, traditional graphic design versus web web design right <laughs> but then i realized that I fell in love with the idea of branding and really what that encompasses and how that, you know, we can get down to the nitty-gritty of what the company represents, then all of that extra collateral comes into that. Right. So now I identify more as a, a brand strategist and everything that comes, comes with it.
1: Got it. Got it. That yeah, yeah. that I mean, it's that's such a natural evolution i mean
3: you're taking years of
1: experience in in all of these different facets of communication in terms of visual communication uh through photography through fine art and then also through graphic design uh, communicating messaging and you're and you evolve that into an overall uh an overall uh, strategy practice or an overall practice of implementing strategy that you can then yeah bring to to customers and so are you finding that from this vantage point as a brand strategist that it's are you finding that it's easier for you to attract customers because you can you can you, you can you're, you're sort of getting in on that ground level of helping them from the beginning or you know is it more confident more complicated because you do so much and so now it's like you've got to find customers who need you for everything versus just for like one, you know, particular project. I don't know. I'm just going out there. How has that been for you?
2: I think a little bit of both. So going back to that mission, I definitely have attracted the customers I work with now. Definitely they, we are working one-on-one on let's really identify what you need, you know, and how we can enhance this to your brand. Um, you know, for those who are who need the one one-offs, like a flyer or something like that, it is a different type of conversation these days. Just, um, it is a conversation. So I, while I will still do do those on a, like a case by case basis, I yeah, I typically work with people who are wanting to focus on the overall because as a strategist one of the things I love and the reason why I kind of go on with the strategist idea is that I love to problem solve like literally I like like to untie knots right and so people who come come to me there it's the feeling of my business is in knots I don't know where to start what do I do and it's like okay well let's sit down and let's figure it out together you know, and not in the case of like holding hand, but just let me empower you as we untie the knots. And so you can have a, a game plan for where you need to go, whether that's with your brand, with your marketing, with your w- website and next steps, or even the business in general. You know, I've definitely had people um, who are like, I have the idea, how would I make this a, into a business? You know, say, so, okay, well, let's solve this problem together.
1: Yeah. Yeah you know that 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 is that that makes so much sense and i can tell you that um i am definitely from the mindset where i i wish that i could have worked with someone like you so much earlier on in my business because the, the truth is that having a uh, someone who's outside of the organization uh help and be instrumental in in formulating that strategy, knowing where we want to go, and helping us to to see the the path ahead and how to get there, from you know using the perspective that 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 they bring to the table, which is outside of what, what the perspective that we have internally, I think that that is so powerful, and what would has helped me, I think to to get to. It would have helped me to, to realize the, the blind spots that I didn't know that I had when I was starting. And yeah. I mean, I know I still have blind spots now, but my God, I had some serious blind spots earlier. And if I just had someone like you, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, who could have said to me, okay, here, let's, let's see a customer profile. <laughs> you know, let's, let's really strategically outline this. That would have been. I would have. I would have stayed probably. You know, ten years. Yeah. Worked. I think.
2: Wow, yeah. that's
1: really powerful.
2: One of my things is that I have been committed to teaching those the things that I did not know when I was first starting out. Right. right, because it would have made it would have made my time so much easier. But of course, you know, I, I, I'm glad I went through it because now like I have that experience of, okay, these are, this is what, this is what I went through and Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, no one taught me and mind you, I went to school for this. So (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) that's really, that is amazing to say too. It's so interesting that you, as someone who, who is a degree in this, can attest that even though there's so much value in, in getting a formal education and learning the, what the, um, the, do I want to say here, the, I was going to say like the, the path or the, you know, just learning the ropes through that environment. There's still so much that's not, that's not learned through that environment. It's interesting. Yeah. Am, I, am I saying that correct?
2: Yeah. I think, I think what it is, is that there's, so as a kind of talks about this on the show, right. As a mm-hmm. brand brand strategist, as a marketer, it's more than just the creative aspect. There is that learning of the psychology, right. Of people in, in like the trend, understanding the trends. I went into a fine arts major of graphic design. So I, I learned how to essentially be a really great graphic artist to work for someone else. Right. So i never, I didn't take the business classes. I didn't take the marketing classes. I didn't take communication classes. I didn't take finance classes, but as a entrepreneur, as someone who's doing this for other people, it's like, oh, these are all the classes that I actually really need to not only do the the, do the employee work of my business, but actually get the business thriving, right? How do I take what I I create and then put it into the market? And that's something that you know in the graphic design, depending on you know what what um, field you're in, you don't really learn it, you know, because again, school. Like I love school, which you know I'm a professor, but <laughs> which is why like I said, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on the inside now, like changing things, but. You know, know like what the, the real pipeline of school is. It's for you to learn, learn a skill and then go work for someone else. But when you are trying to launch something, that, that skill, again, that skill only takes you so far. It's can you actually organize this and connect with the, connect like, you know, what I do next? Which is why I, like I said, I work with a lot of people who ask that question, what do I need to do now? I have this product, I have this service, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I don't know how to reach people. I just know that I have something that I'm really passionate about and I want to serve other people.
1: I want to, I want to ask you about some of your businesses. Um, And I want to start with uh, Creative Obsessions. Could you, could you tell us what is creative, Creative Obsessions and who do you serve?
2: So Creative Obsessions is a brand and marketing agency working with people who are working with people who want to either launch their brand or or want to refresh their brand, who, like I said before, is literally asking the question of what do I do next? How do I connect with my customers a little bit better? Or how do I take what I have into the market? you know, who, who really see who are passionate about what they're offering and just want to share it with the world.
1: I love that. I love that. I'm going to ask you a question that may, may be kind of, uh, um, might be kind of sensitive, but I'm just going to ask it, you know, that's what we do here. Um, now Mm -hmm. as a black woman, is, do you find, do you find obstacles in your, in your past, when, when it comes to present, when it comes to sort of who you are and how you're able to, uh, how you're able to attract customers or clients through the internet. And, you know, this, I'm, I, I know that's that to have a heavy question, but I'm curious as a black woman, you know, oh, wait, wait, before you answer, let me just say, what I think Creative agency, okay, I'm usually thinking of oh, like a, a team of white people in mm-hmm. some where, like warehouse looking thing somewhere in Virginia. Okay, if you're listening and you fall into that category, just know that that's a stereotype in my mind. I apologize in advance, but that's what I think of. I think of creative agency. I just think of like you know a group of like ten, like ten to twenty young you know white folk with like really interesting haircuts, and they're in like a a postmodern sort of warehouse style or loft style work environment and they're all laughing and smiling constantly and they're constantly doing everything they have like a paypal table in the office but that, like that's what i think though mm-hmm. i just i hope that's probably <laughs> going to show you how unbelievably uh prejudiced i am but um, <laughs> i'm just you know what challenges have you faced? You know, you're, it's just, I I mean, I I wouldn't
2: say that I've had obstacles, I think for, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, my, my goal has always been to serve. Right. And Mm -hmm. I've understood that the clients that are for me are for me and those that aren't, are just, they aren't. And so I'm not Mm -hmm. afraid of being told no, you know, um, and I'm not afraid of, you know, just putting myself out there to go after something that um, something that would be for those, those people in the, <laughs> the office. you know. Um, I think my biggest challenge has been more of feeling like imposter syndrome, right? Okay. Sometimes I forget like how dope I am. you know. And, <laughs> okay. you know you know, and just like I've done all the things like I'm more than qualified for for what I'm doing. Um, but there are times when I am in a room or in, in a a at a conference and I'm just like, oh, there's all these other people. I'm like, oh, wait, I deserve to be here because I not only have the credentials, but I have the the history to back it up. You know, um, so I think for me, it's more like my 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 imposter syndrome and getting in my getting into my own head rather than any obstacle. Because I think that, like I said, if I, as far as outside influences, me focusing on this is, me, me focusing on this is what I'm serving. I'm serving, serving those who actually want my help. And if you don't want my help, that's okay. You know, I'm not, it's like a waitress. I'm not, you know, you, may, you, want, the, you want the extra ice or you don't, you know, and it's fine if you don't want to work with me. But if you do, let's go on this journey together.
1: Wow, that is that is that is such a, yeah, that's such an empowered and confident mindset to have, um, especially as an entrepreneur. Especially when you know, <laughs> one of the things we say is that like you're responsible for your own paycheck. Mm-hmm.
3: In, in, you know, an entrepreneur So, like,
1: you know, you you eat what you kill, so to speak.
2: Yeah,
3: you got to exactly get
1: out well. there. You got to put yourself out there. You got to deal with um, whatever prejudices or whatever comes with that. And you you've got to have the mindset to be able to to not only overcome that, but um, but uh, but still be warm, inviting, and, and and sensitive to. The clients who do choose to work with you. So on the one hand, it's like you need to have that thick skin, but you also, at the same time, have to know when it's when it's time to not have that thick skin <laughs> and, yeah. and be and be soft and sensitive for those customers who really, you know, who believe that you're 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 the right fit for them. Exactly. That's the challenge that I have sometimes. like can tell you it really is sometimes i just can't i mean i try i do try And I, and I actually I, I did a show recently with um i think it was bill neely who who was telling me period you got to take the word try out of your
2: oh yeah uh, really? <laughs> you know we don't say
1: that <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm working on i definitely work definitely working, on it. I'm definitely working on it. So okay so we don't try we do so there okay um, now I want to know about. Uh, tell me about flow. What is? Okay, I'm on your website. I'm clicking on flow. Yes. Slow. Yoga.
2: Yeah, yoga. Bamboo Balance. So my yoga business actually birthed came out of a a time when I was in that I was in that own space of my creative obsessions. Of I don't know what to do, right? And I'm like, this. I don't know. What I need to like take a step back right and yoga just kind of fell into my lap and
1: as a result of the pandemic or something like oh no no
2: no I've been doing I've been uh this has been going on for seven years now okay so no it's been it's been quite a a long time but it literally just fell into my lap I was someone asked me to teach a class because I've I've had a a dance background too before I was uh, a Jerry, I was a dancer, right? Dancing, cheerleading, gymnastics, all that. And so someone asked me to teach a class and a kid's class, actually. And I had never taught a class before. I've taught Zuma classes and dance classes. And I was like, okay. And I'm like this. And I got there and I'm like, this is actually really hard. (laughs) How do I (laughs) get these five-year-olds to pay attention? They just want to laugh. But I'm like, Mm. oh, this is actually really great like it just opened my mind to something new and i jumped all in in that like i went and got my first certification then my second certification and up until i think last year i've gotten a different certification every year so i am right now almost a thousand hours of training (laughs) over the last seven years Um, but yeah, so I, and at one point I was teaching classes every day, sometimes multiple times a day. But I, and then I went on to, um, to help um, run a studio, a yoga studio. I'd mark. And then, but what happened was I actually, it was yoga that got me back into my critical sessions.
3: Okay. You know, a
2: studio. So it was, it's kind of circular.
3: actually. It, it seems
2: Everything has been circular for me. Like everything. And, and it's just, um, I think it's the awareness of that for me, which again, goes back to that goes back to those obstacles. You know, like I said, like it's, I've learned how to pivot and my yoga was a a pivot for me. That took me right where I needed to be as because I, I had to, I went and ran someone else's company and then I'm like, Oh, okay, this is what I've been missing out of my own. So I'm like, if I can run somebody else's company and it's thriving, I need to go do this for myself. And, be, and wow. what do I do? So I was, I was able to answer that question of what, what are my next steps? And mm-hmm. so now as far as the yoga, I'm not teaching every day anymore. I've actually hired teachers to teach some of the classes. I only have one weekly public class that I teach and I take, I take privates throughout the week. Um, But I focus more on the larger, I guess, like larger event experiences for people. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, in in terms of that circular and pivoting, Creative Sessions has been, you know, the last year or so, my main focus. And I realized that I really wanted to focus on that, let the flow become more of a, um, you know, let it run by itself. If someone wants me to teach a class, if I'm available, I'm available. And if not, then it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. but like I said, I, it came at a time when I really, I needed it, you know, and I love teaching. It taught me how to, to think on the spot. You know, like I said, I started with children and children don't care what your plan is. So you have to be able (laughs) to move them for an hour or 45 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. and be able to take that into adult classes, right. There are times when, I I got a call and I'm I'm somewhere and like hey we really need a teacher to come teach this class can you can you come over here? It's literally running across town from Virginia to to Maryland and walking into the class like okay y'all let's go, you know and teaching a, a great class and I think it's there that I really learned the mindfulness aspect of. Where I am, where I am right now is where I'm supposed to be. And if I focus on just what I have to offer in serving, everything else will fall into place. And so I've really taken that right. into everything that I've done or everything that I do.
1: I, you know, I, I really resonate with that. I really do. I, I remember this, this quote, um, I think it's from Zig Ziglar, that is, uh, you could have everything in life that you want if you just help. Enough other people get what they want, and I think that when I first heard that, that was like like a paradigm shift for me. It was like I'm I'm here thinking, okay, I gotta sell, 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 sell. sell. I gotta I gotta you know do all this to impress people, blah blah blah. And then I heard that, and I thought, wait a second, I've been going about this all wrong. It's not about selling; it's about helping enough other people get what they want, and and the result of that, the byproduct of that, is that I in turn get what I want. And I just thought that, that was such a such an unbelievable like blind spot that I had. Um so anyway, it's it, it's just powerful to hear of your journey and to hear how how kind of I guess I want to use the word circular, how the, the your entrepreneurship, your work as an agency you know, sort of like inadvertently fed into the, the yoga work, and then the yoga work fed back into the agency work. And yeah. now that's where your your focus is primarily. And I guess it's safe to say that the, the yoga work in many ways, since you've got a system, since you've got other teachers, in many ways, it's kind of like a passive income stream. Is that yes. fair to say? Yeah. That's so cool. Absolutely. That's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool, Linnea. It really is. Ah. Um, I know like, when I think about my, my journey, um, I, I, I've always loved, um, sort of the infrastructure of things, like how things work and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it took me a long time. Like, um, you know, initially with video production, it was about creating great videos. And then what the blue artists creative agency it was about, you know, providing, uh, um, providing brand related services, but. All throughout that process, I knew in the back of my mind that what I really love helping people do is create systems, but i couldn 't figure out how to make that a business um, and it took such a, it took a long I actually, I actually I actually took classes I went and started taking these classes I think I started taking these classes around two thousand and sixteen on first of all, I took investing classes to learn how to invest and also how To attract investors and then I started learning about like as a as a business owner how can I set up more refined systems in my own business and then in turn I started paying attention to other businesses that are sort of happening around that that zeitgeist like the uber zeitgeist where um suddenly there's a paradigm shift in just what it means to get into a stranger's car and have them take you somewhere, you know? It's just, <laughs>
3: um,
1: and I started, and I was like, you know, I'm, how can I develop a business that, is, that helps other people develop systems? And I wrestled with this for years um, until finally, you know, uh, going through with so many, so many different um. Trials and tribulations, and so finally launching Brand Desk, and and that, and I can honestly say that is my true. I, I just when I look back, I I feel that my everything I've done when it comes to entrepreneurship was to help me learn more about what I really want to do, well, and, it, and it coalesced in in that and the idea of like I'm, I I want to help people build systems, and Brand Desk is. Is that, and I, and I'm so proud to to be able to when I look at brand i and able to see like, wow, we really are empowering people to to build to have systems that they otherwise get overwhelmed with, and otherwise, um, you know, um, aren't able to implement fluidly. Um, now, you know, we, we're still we're still over here doing you know, offering creative services and all sorts of other things, but from my vantage point, it's Systems and I, I just love that. And so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just resonating with you on this. Oh, and the other part to this that I wanted to bring up um, is how yoga, kind of how you were in, inspired, well how it kind of fell into your lap accidentally, and then you kind of used that leverage to turn it into a business, and then into a, a, a passive income business. That for me, I've had a similar experience with. Um, I want to say with with two things with writing in terms of um, being an author, and then also with filmmaking, with acting specifically. Acting is like my oh my god, is my passion. I freaking love it so much. But I hate the I hate the pressure of needing to like compete as an actor. To me, it's like competing as a painter or yeah. competing as a you know, an artist. I just, I just want to do the art. I don't want it, to it, it, it rubs me the wrong way to have to, like, figure out how to compete as an actor. So I've, I never really wanted to do that. But I now have this, like, really nice balance where um, I'm, I'm, I do a ton of theater. I'm always doing a play. Like, right today, I have a show. I have two shows today, actually. <laughs> two shows today. Um and um i'm excited about that and then i and then i'm I'm in rehearsals for other shows and i'm doing this and it's feeding my creative spirit um and in some cases putting passive income into my into my pocket even though you know that's not what i do it for but that's a nice byproduct um but i'm also i would so i guess i'm feeding my creative spirit with with what i'm doing with acting but i'm also feeding what I feel is my purpose in maybe I don't want to say my purpose in life, but it's, it's my purpose so far as I know what my purpose is. And that is to, to help other people expand and, and to, um, and to, uh, elevate using systems. Um, so I, I just, I, I think it's cool how you have that kind of creative side going, um, through, dance and through yoga and i think i'm just going to call that expression Mm -hmm. Um, and then how you also have the business side where you're helping other people to articulate their their vision their their business and their messaging um so anyway (laughs) i resonate i i'm I'm here for it i love it um (laughs) sorry i'm a little bit nervous oh (laughs) Um, but let me see here. I'm on your website and I see, uh, I see. And by the way, am I at the right spot? I'm at senealewis.com forward slash creative.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of them
1: <laughs> that works. Okay, okay. Is there a direct, and, and you may have told me this before and I apologize, but is there a direct, uh, domain for creative obsessions?
2: Yeah, it's creativeobsessions.co.co. co.
1: Okay. CreativeObsessions.co. Okay, so everybody listening, CreativeObsessions.co. In other words, Mm CreativeObsessions.co. All right, I'm there now. And oh, this is such a great, such a great site. And I can see your work. I can see the websites that you've done. I can see so many of your different clients. And I see here towards the bottom, this is where we can go to schedule an appointment with you, a 30-minute consultation. Is that right? Yes. This is awesome. Okay, so if, if you're listening and you want to have 30 minutes with Sonea to talk about your business, your position, and you know, maybe you need some help with strategy. You know, maybe you're like me, <laughs> where it's like you know, you know, you're in business, you know, you want to get this thing right, but maybe you don't want to waste 15 years like I did trying to figure it out, and you just want to have someone who knows what they're talking about help you right now in carving the right path forward. Um, I mean, you can do that at o, Right here at the bottom of the page, just a beautiful scheduling system. Um, you can choose a time that works best for you. Are, are these initial consultations free or what's the, what's the cost that people should be expected to pay?
2: Um, yeah, they're free.
1: Oh, there you go. <laughs> so you heard it here live, everybody. <laughs> There's are Um, you can you can schedule a time get on her calendar, talk about your your goals, your vision, your your whatever your project needs are, your timeline, you know, the resources that you have available to you, and Sine- You know, you gotta remember that Sinea is a strategist. First things first, she's a strategist. So her products, you know, and, you know, feel free to if I'm wrong here, but uh, your products are not just, you know, here's how much I charge for this, here's how much I charge for yep. that, here's how much I charge for this. It seems like as a strategist, you, you listen to the vision, you listen to the needs, you understand the budget, and then you put together a strategy that can accommodate that particular budget. Is that right? Like, yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. I think that's just absolutely, you know, fantastic. Um, and there's so much that you do. I see traditional design, web design, marketing. These are all things that fall under the purview of, of strategy. But strategy goes beyond just just design uh, in terms of traditional uh, print design, web design, and marketing. Strategy also, and we talked about this on the show, but strategy includes health. In terms of self-care, um, yeah. in ter- you know, in terms of making sure your mindset is where it needs to be if you want to, if you're, you know, if you want to be successful in, in this entrepreneurship. Um, so this is just really, really powerful, really, really powerful stuff. to um, I want to leave you with the last word. What do you want to say to everyone listening about uh, about about work? You know your work and how you might be able to help them.
2: Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, what like I said, what I offer is I I serve people who want to serve others, right? And we work together to untie those knots and answer those questions of. What do we need to do next, right? And that can look like a multitude of things, but at the end of the day, it's really connecting with those who you want to serve. And a lot of times when we are, we're doing the branding or we're designing these, these sites or even just starting businesses, it's overwhelming, right? And I, I get it, I understand it, I've felt it, but you don't have to do it by yourself. Right, because you know, it mm-hmm. takes take you know, the um, the phrase of um more hands, lighter work, right? That's that's what I offer, mm-hmm. you know, another another hand to untie that knot to answer their questions of where do we go? Um mm-hmm. it's a lot of times we I think we overcomplicate what can be done and it doesn't, it doesn't need, it's not that, it's not that serious, right? We are just trying to, we have a product, we have a service and we want to help others and we can do that. And, uh, you know, of course the money, the money comes, the money comes with it, but it's first let's, who, who are we and what are we offering? And then how do we, how are we going to do it? So I, I love everything about this. That's literally why it's creative obsessions, right? Creative <laughs> obsessions of you know, being obsessed with creativity, um, but also yeah. understanding that there's creativity is not just the visual piece, right? It's that it's it is the the intellectual. It is the, the the voice. It is the the message that we're sending or we're telling. Like it's all encompassing of everything that we're doing. And so we just kind
1: of go from there. You know, I was going to end on that note, but I'm on your website and there is something that I think is just too good to pass up. <laughs> I want to I learn about the VIP intensives. Okay. Is that something you're comfortable talking about for
3: a little bit?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Because I just went to the VIP intensives page and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what spoke to me. I'm going to read this. Listen, if you're listening, this is where you want to pay attention. Listen to this headline: "Design done for you in just one week. Accelerate the launch of your branding, web design, or marketing without the headache." Okay, now I'm going to read this. D- just listen to this. Say goodbye to waiting months to get started, long timelines when you need a quick turnaround emailing back and forth to make decisions and say hello to starting your project in just a few weeks, having everything you need by the end of that week, and a beautiful end result for an affordable price. Okay, you need to tell me about this because this is bold. This is a great idea. What, is the, what are VIP intenses and, and why should people pay attention to this? Tell me.
2: So, VMP intensives are it's it's the ultimate service of let's work together and get it done. You know, I've realized that over like I said, I've been doing this for a very long time, almost 12 years I believe, and one of the things I've noticed is that projects can sometimes drag out and are even with clients there, you know, they have this they want to get started, they don't know what to do and it's it takes forever. And so what could have been a, you know, a month long project now becomes three years. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That these are, real, that's a real story. But oh. um, <laughs> what I'm offering oh, the, the VRP experience it. is, listen, I'm like, okay, we're going to get it done. We're going to work throughout the week. And of course, so what it is, there's like, there, there is like prep work. So it's not like, hey, we're going to get started tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. But we're condensing the timeline so there's different stages in that like i said there's prep work let's figure out what you need which which you're looking for in terms of the content that you're trying to create and then do, during the week outside of my like all my my regular commitments i'm only working on your project and it's constant communication so we so for example for a web uh, what a website may look like is that Leading up to the week, we make sure we have all the content ready, all the, the text and the photos. That first day, that Monday, I go ahead and I, cre- I create mock-ups, right? Mock-ups, everything is designed and I'm texting you or communicating with you or the, the client to say, hey, do you like this? Hey, here, I have a question. Hey, like, you know, so by the end of the day, I'm going to send you your completed website mock-up, right? And so from there, you have the night to like kind of look it over any changes, so the next day, once that, once it's completed, all right, so let's go ahead and build it. You know, because yeah. um, what it does, a lot of times what drags out projects is that that back and forth. But when we know we have a week to get it done, that back and forth kind of goes away. And it's like, okay, let's make this make the decision and move forward. And it's great because, like I said, there, there are, it may, like I said, it may seem like it's just a week, but... Leading up to it, if someone is like, hey, I actually really need help with my content, I do offer, Let's okay, let's have meetings. I'll work with you. We can schedule um, additional time and that's all included Mm -hmm. in the price. um, Additional time to like, let's figure this out. So if you need, I know a lot of my clients, they're very busy. So they actually do need me to be on the computer, like on the call with them or in front of their face to literally just like ask the questions and they like give me the answers. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we work together, but what it does, it, it, it creates clarity about, yeah, we want to get this done. You came to me because you wanted to get this project done. So let's do it and yeah. get it actually. So that Friday we're having a, we're celebrating, we're having a launch party and it's finished. And it's, that's it's a great is- experience. would
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, say it's, it's a great experience. Um. And the clients that I've worked with, they are very happy, you know, to, to say, hey, I, I've got it done mm-hmm. and nothing else, you know.
1: I, I was going to say that I think that is music to so many people's ears, so many people's ears, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people know it's sort of inherently that, you know, first of all, they're limited in terms of their. Old creative skills. So they know they need to find a, a creative or a creative professional or a marketing professional, or in our case, a brand strategy or strategist. They know they kind of need that. But they also, in the back of their mind, are concerned about the fact that, you know, these people make money based on how long we can draw out of the project. So they're going to try to slow me down. They're going to try to you know, add months and months and months to something because they're making more money off of me. And I just want to get this thing done, but I had to go through them. And all they want to do is, you know, have me buy this thing. then I got to buy that thing. Then I got to buy this other thing that it's, oh, it's just a money drink. Can't someone just put this in a bundle and let's just sit down and get it done in one week. No, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're going to have some prep time to to get us there, but but can we just like, you know, consolidate this and just make it so that it's not stressing me out for months and months and months? I think that's how a lot of people feel. And, I, and when I see this, I, it just it's so evident that you have solved that problem. And that is so powerful.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. Like I said, it's when I first learned about the concept that to be able to do this. And I initially thought, I initially when I first did it, I was doing it in a day. <laughs> <laughs> like let's do it in a day. But I realized like, I want to be able to, let's, let's actually take the week, you know, and really consider it all. Like, you know, really, I don't want you, I don't want my client to feel rushed. Right. Because it's a condensed timeline and you're, you're making an investment and you're getting something, you know, getting something to, to the market, but like, let's really take the time. And, uh, you know, of course there's a fire on, the, on your butt, but Let's take the time, <laughs> and consider what we're doing, and get it done. You know, and a, a week is a really great time. There are times, like depending on on the size of the project, where it, we may we may it may fall into two weeks, depending on what exactly is needed. But you know, a website can be done in a week, a brand package can be done in a week, a marketing plan can be done in a week. Like these things are. When you, like I said, when you get rid of that back and forth and the, if I send, typically what happens, I send a client a, a review and I don't get, I don't hear back from them for two weeks. I'm like, Hey, if we get rid of that two week period, your project would be done. You know, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you don't take two weeks to do yes or no, but now it's like, there's no, there's no two week time. Like you have a night to to look this over consider it i'll give you maybe the next morning but you're gonna like yes or no what do you would, and if in it it helps the client get better at communicating too because then they, if they can articulate what is it that they're looking for it's like oh okay so now i can actually tell someone else like my my own client what i'm what i'm how i can help them you know so it, it's a little bit of a learning lesson for them as well
3: yeah
1: yeah this was this is just this is just remarkable, and I love how you have it broken down here on on the on the page how it works and you, you provide it you break it down into six steps. They are clear, easy to follow. It's just really well done. I encourage you if you're listening and you are interested in working with snail. You know, you have the regular option. You can sign up for that, for that free 30-minute consultation and I'll take you from there. But I want you to also really consider the VIP intensives. Just click on VIP intensives when you go to creatingobsessions.co. Click on VIP intensives, all right? Review the page and really, tomorrow, if you want to save money and you want to save time, this is probably where you need to be going. Okay. okay, So that's my, that's my two cents on that. I, thank you so much for, for breaking that down. First of all, coming up with this, sharing it with us, breaking it down so it's easy to understand. Um, again, Senea, thanks for being on today's podcast on, on Open Session. It's such a pleasure having you on the show.
2: Of course. Thank you.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm so, I'm so glad. And remember, everyone listening, creativesessions.co. That's where you find her. Or you can go to her primary website, Sinealewis.com. That's S-Y-D-N-E-A-L-E-W-I-S.com. And you can learn all about Sinea And how she can help. All right. all right. And with that, thanks for listening. Take care.
0: You've been listening to another episode of the Build Your Difference podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have any comments or questions that you'd like us to cover, please let us know by chatting with our guidance team at mybranddesk.com. Just visit mybranddesk.com and click the Speak to a Guide button at the bottom corner of the screen. Just let us know your question or comment and we'll take it from there. Stay tuned next week for more on today's topic or something new to help you live your entrepreneurial life to the fullest.